0: This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Pantheon sponsor AKG for their support of this podcast. If you like what you hear, please dive into other episodes and subscribe to keep up with the latest ones. Many in Gen X certainly know Canadian rockers Saga from their 80s MTV hit On the Loose. Longtime fans such as myself know them for their incredible catalog, which now spans 22 studio albums over 43 years of recorded history. They combine the complexity and musicality of progressive music with the visceral power and emotional directness of hard rock, and the results have always been invigorating. Their latest release, Symmetry, offers inventive acoustic reworkings of Saga songs, including a number of deeper cuts, tracks like Pitchman, Say Goodbye to Hollywood, and Always There. If you haven't checked them out, it's about time you did. The man powering Saga's microphone is Michael Sadler. We've spoken before, and this time I wanted to get into his non-musical pursuits, which include his love of football. For episode 39 of Side Jams, he and I spoke about that sport and what it's been like following it during the past year, as well as how he's been handling binge watching and fatherhood during the pandemic. Our conversation also led us into a more personal discussion of his nearly two full decades of sobriety. As always, we had an animated conversation it wasn't too difficult to wind him up. Well, it's nice to see you again after, I think I haven't seen you in like, in person in 10 years. At least, at least. I think the first time I met you was 16 years, oh, well, 15 years ago, because I remember we had lunch.
1: We went to that restaurant in New York City.
0: With your wife. No, it was actually, no, this was actually in, uh, in California.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And then I, that was, a, that was the day my first New York Times story came out. So I'm like, oh okay. great. Right. So I get the story and then we had lunch. But, you know, I'm enjoying Symmetry, the acoustic, or mostly acoustic. There's some electric stuff in there. Ah, yeah. There there is nothing um, officially plugged in
1: that's moved that
0: way. Well, I feel like at the beginning of, is it him up? There's like a little flittering of guitar between the speakers. And maybe that's just a a processed acoustic instrument. Really? I don't listen to that that much with headphones lately, but it's interesting how The Perfect Time to Feel Better is a different title for the song off your first album.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's cool. And I, I actually appreciate the fact that you guys didn't, well, I mean, "Wind 'Em Up was a big European hit, but I'm, I was actually appreciated the fact that you didn't do Humble Stance or On The Loose. <laughs> 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 because I was just like, I'm a deep cut saga kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was going back because most of your albums were not on Spotify for the longest time. I'm looking here and oh, finally, cool. a majority of them are now.
1: Yeah. yeah. So when you say a deep cut kind of guy, I mean, that was kind of the criteria. I've been on in some interviews now. How did you choose which song to do? And um, that was it. I mean, we're picking things that were unexpected. I mean, you say to someone, well, we're sure. going to do an acoustic version of tired world. They go, you can't do that. Yes, we can. You know, pitch man and stuff like that. So we try to be as unpredictable as possible. And, you know, it's, it was the nature of the album.
0: I mean, I'm looking at like, I love shape off the beginner's guide to throwing shapes. Oh, right, right. And I love your, your album from 1987 is actually not on Spotify, but I love the opening cut of 2020. I love streets of gold from marathon and, Always There was a song you and I talked about that the first time we did the interview for Goldmine ages ago about how that was a song that really should have been the big ballad. And it didn't. Well, that's actually
1: going to be that's that's actually going to be I don't know if the record company mentioned it, but that's the third single coming out.
0: That's nice. Yeah, no, it's a really cool.
1: We saw the the, uh, version of the video today, and it's a fan based video. They made uh, all the fans sent in their own clips of what Always There means to them, you know, whether it be Saga or someone that has been there for you. And it's a great thing they put together. It's really cool. You'll
0: see it, I think, Friday. I mean, that's, that ballad always struck me for its simplicity, but I, that's what was great about it. it. was, And it was one of those songs that you are at a point in your life where I don't think, if you were 25, you wouldn't have... It's not just a question of the lyrics, it's a question of the emotion behind what you're singing. Right. Which would not have been there if you were a lot younger. Correct. It, it's just something about that. And,
1: and I mean, it, it, I, you know, and it really is, I mean, homage to the fans in, in a sense. I mean, you, you no matter what, I mean, our career's been like this. I mean, you can imagine after 40 plus years, good, bad, indifferent, but they they never left. You know, they only grew and the, the, the stalwarts, you know, very forgiving. We put out a record like, I don't know, uh,
0: Steel, Umb- or, uh, Steel Umbrellas was a fun games, one. And something like that.
1: And they'd be like, yeah okay not my favorite but always the next one you know so, but they, they remain they, they remain like you know so they really have
0: always been there so. yeah and when, we talk, when we're talking about deep cuts i mean i definitely am, i'm kind of the kind of guy that will go really down into someone's catalog like i, I love the cross off of chapter 13 you know oh, like yeah. you know i'm like yes i mean that's because i that was i remember when i found when SPV sent me the remastered catalog the first time that was done because of the second batch was a few years ago you know, and I knew about a lot of saga stuff and there's a lot of stuff I hadn't really caught up with. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, and so I went to this whole deep dive and try to create this compilation and it really goes all over the place. Interestingly enough, you guys came back to, after the 90s, you came back to your classic sound and yet, you know, unlike a lot of bands who do that and then they just kind of regurgitate the same thing. I don't know. There's just something about what you guys do that always works for me. It's not like you radically reinvent it, but there's a sincerity to, I think, every record that you do.
1: You know, you know That's what I true. think. I think it is, and I, and I mean, uh, no record has been contrived, obviously, and, and or, or really planned out. I mean, it's been planned out. What kind of record maybe we're talking about doing? But what I found was um, it, it's kind of been organic. I mean, when it when it comes to doing a new album, is where we are at that moment. And if we've been influenced a bit by this or that, or, or we're thinking about retro at that that moment, or you know, but it's not a, a prevalent like this is the kind of record we're gonna make. But it's very organic, and so it, I think consequently, nothing ever feels like it was either forced or you know, let, let's copy, let, let's make a record that sounds like Worlds Apart, which would be very easy to do, like ten years after doing it. Yeah, you just look at the songs and literally mimic it, you know, just with new whatever, but. We've never been like that. We just it's it's like I say, it's it's what how we feel at the moment and you know, what do we feel like writing? Yeah,
0: well exactly and I think also, I mean, we've talked about, you know, there's certain themes like time and money and love and certain things that are always coming up. Michael Sadler University you now it's like it's that's the way it is and and I, <laughs> what
1: else what else is there man
0: <laughs> and I, I appreciate that I feel like Sog is a very underrated band in that regard particularly in North America I think people right. it's so funny this is such a trend-based culture and like in Europe you have such a stronger following I think well, Europeans... that,
1: uh, well, again though, no, I mean that was from from you know, like grassroots and, and really really working it at the beginning because you know you, you follow the market you follow the audience and if they're there you go play for them and the states a it's a gigantic country but it really comes down to the touring and exposure in those days when we really should have been pounding, but we were concentrating on the audience that was there and, and then finding, and, and the longer you wait to make any kind of connection with promoters or things like that or groundswell in the States, the longer you wait, the yeah. harder it is to, to establish that again. So we missed the mark a little bit on that one, but there were reasons for it. But, you know, again, that's 2020 hindsight, but yeah, and the States were like a well kept secret or you know, not underground, but you know.
0: I mean, a lot of the music I love is, is that way. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's this stuff like you have to listen to this because, you know, a lot of like my girlfriend, a lot of her friends, they know on the loose. I mean, yes, but now we're going to discuss behavior, which is actually more of a pop record in a lot of ways, actually. Right. Um, and then, you know, or we could go to uh, I mean, Generation you know, 13. Yeah, that, Well, that's I mean, there you're going out there. I mean, that like. And, what, and you know, you guys went through the nineties phase like a lot of eighties groups did, and then you came back and it's like how many how many studio records, like 16, 17 studio records now at least? It's either twenty two or twenty-three. Now. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like I even live even lost track. I've got to, it, I, it, it
1: it's it's insane. I mean, I remember coming up on you know, you start a band, you thinking, you know the last five years that'd be gone, wow, you know. Uh or ten. When we hit ten, it was like big celebration. When we hit twenty, it was like, Are you kidding me? And thirty rolled around, it was like I'm out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, see, I, I say that in fun. It, it, it's the way it works. out. So when we hit the 40th, when you think about it, you know, it, we've been in this band longer than we've been alive. Uh, I mean, not longer, but 40 years plus, and I'm doing the math. Yeah, I spent more time in this band out of, of being alive than not being in the band. In other words. So the majority of my life has been spent doing this. So Yeah, it's, it's 22 or 23 hours. And when someone, someone brings up the number of albums, I just go what?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think of all these, all these songs I haven't heard for ages. People bring up these songs, these song titles in like Facebook or social media and in their discussions. And I'll go, Oh, I remember. Oh yeah. We had a song titled that. And I had to look it up and listen to it. And completely forgot about it. So, you know.
0: So now obviously, you know, on the, beyond the music on the podcast, we had to do the thing about people's hobbies and outside passions. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious what you wanted to talk about. Then.
1: Well, with, with, with the lockdowns and all of that, with, which is, I mean, it's funny about the lockdowns and, 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 you know, the isolation and that. It's it's, it's really, I mean, get, A, getting used to it, and then just getting over the hump because you, you get to this point, I think everyone will agree, depending on varying times, but, you know, you get months into it and people start going, well, you know, a little bit stir crazy and, you know, i got to get out. And, and a lot of this going on, and I think it's like a long plane flight. Like halfway through, you're like, are we like a nine hour flight? You get to like four and a half hour point. You're like, is this ever going to stop? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you get over that flight and that moment, then you realize that you're on the hopefully with this, the down swing. And it seems like that way. If you get over that many, there's a new mindset, like this is what it is now. And these are the parameters we have to work under, but we can still go forward, you know, and, and, and see light at the end of the tunnel. So once you get, you know, you accept that, you just take it for what it is. Uh, touring musicians appreciate being home with family, for example. Yeah. It's a blessing in disguise right there. Time to write and stuff like that. And catch up on your favorite TV shows and movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, it really is. It was just a, it's, it's a mindset. I think everyone can agree that once you get over that, what are we going to do? Well, this is what we have to do for now.
0: You know. So, so what, have you been, what have you been doing outside of music to to uh, uh, so while away the time? This is your this is Michael Sellers. This is your guide to pandemic life yeah, to <laughs> so help other fans <laughs> to get through this. Well, now.
1: Well, well, there's all of this on my face and that kind of yes. you know, it started. In adult, yeah, you know, we, um, you know, I've been doing a little bit of writing on my own. I, I want to do a follow up to Clear eventually. Yeah. Uh, obviously finishing the album which was a good way to do it because it's that kind of record we didn't need to be together because it wasn't new material yeah it was revisiting parts that were already there our individual parts and, and working on them ourselves so it was it was perfect for that. we've been watching some um i have amazon prime now i got a, a smart tv that takes me there just like that of course There's a couple of shows we're watching. Uh, Actually, we're we're bouncing back and forth between two right now. One is an older older one called uh, Mr. Robot, which I'd heard about.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rami Malek, yeah. Yeah,
1: so we caught up, we started watching that, and now we're we're caught between this and this other one. But Mr. Robot, whoa, I did not expect that. (laughs) It could get pretty gritty, but uh, really, really cool. Um, He's amazing, absolutely amazing.
0: I still have to do. I need to watch that. I'm, I'm actually really behind on my binging. It's horrible. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's quite good. It's quite good, man. Um, and the other one is, um, uh, I think it's relatively new. It's called Counterpart. And it's J.K. Simmons. Mm. It's really, really cool. It's well written. The acting is absolutely superb. We're riveted. I mean, we can't last night. We went, should we watch a second one? Cause we'll watch one episode at a time, you know, like it was supper, just after supper, we'll do one episode together. And it's it, it got us that much. It's Like, can we do two tonight? And, no. <laughs> so it's good i highly highly recommend what films do we see we saw um saw the new Wonder Woman
0: I haven't seen that yet was it uh
1: well, well if you haven't seen it, I won't
0: the <laughs> well, other people say they've been disappointed I know that there's been a lot of disappointed
1: you know what it, that's the correct word i didn't. I didn't dislike the film. I wanted it to be so much better than it, it ended up being, unfortunately. I mean, it set the bar. See, I, I went into the first Wonder Woman thinking, yeah, this will be fun, this will be fun, and walked away going, that was actually a really good film on its own. Forget the, the fact that it was a yeah, yeah. superhero thing and all that. It was actually well-put-together film and, and the timing and all the, the acting action and action stuff. Um, so I had high hopes. I, I think a lot of people did for the follow-up. And it finished and we kind of looked at each other and went, what happened? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I wanted it so bad to be great, you know, even as as good or just a bit. But you know, it's like it's like with albums. You put out an album and it does really, really well. I mean, you can put out an album that's just as good, critically speaking. But if it doesn't do that much more than the first one, it, it's not. It wasn't. A, it's not a failure. But it's like, yeah. But it's it's as good as what you just did. Yeah. But yeah, we wanted a little, a little bit more. So. But if you yourself. Disappointing is the right word uh, for me and for us. It is, uh, it's good, but I just wanted.
0: Have you found yourself binging a lot during these COVID times?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My tolerance level in these COVID times is really, really (laughs) well.
0: what is your strategy for binge watching? I mean, my, my problem right now is that because I do a lot of Blu-ray commentaries in older movies, they end up having to watch a lot of older movies related to these titles. Right. So I'm like, I feel like I'm so behind on the new stuff. And even then there is so much new stuff. Like, is there a strategy that you guys implement in order to figure out what no, you're watching? You
1: know what, you know, you know what, because it's so, uh, they make it so easy, the streaming services and, and there's so much selection. It really comes down to, you know, uh, let's see what this is like because they are TV shows, especially, you can go. Oh, I've heard it a lot about this one. Let's check this out for fifteen minutes or the first episode or whatever. In fact, there's a TV show. Uh, it might be exclusively for, for Amazon Prime. I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, Upload, and the the premise being you can either die or if you got the money, you get all of you uploaded into a, a virtual you. Yeah, yeah. And the premise is like, whoa! It, it, and they're pulling it off. It's really really clever. So we'll we'll do that once in a while. But yeah. Uh, you can take everything for a little bit of a test drive, or you've heard about a series and say, you know, check this out, check this out, which we'll do. And if we like it, we get we get hooked. And that's what's happened with Mr. Robot and uh, counterparts. It's just really, really good.
0: And your son, I'm just looking at a picture of him here right now. Your son's a teenager now. 13, 13. Yeah. Yeah. It's right, so do doing what they're doing with the kids, though.
1: Well, I have my stepdaughter, uh, Jessica. I mean, okay. My daughter, yeah. yeah,
0: that's because I remember we had a conversation about that. There was some sort yeah. of thing going. You guys got a call when we were having lunch. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's family <laughs> crisis for the moment.
1: Yeah. Of course, then, you know, the, the, the sports. I was I was shocked that the NFL was able to pull it off and take it all the way through. It was, I think a lot of people were. But being an avid football fan, uh, it, was, it was nice to have that to go to, too. So there was...
0: The yeah what how did how did that feel like this year so you're a football fan so how did it feel to be watching these games where they're piping in these fake audience cheers it was uh, so yeah and
1: that, okay that that well the first game in was like uh-huh because you and you know they're piping it in for the guys because they gotta go some kind of vibe when they're playing um yeah. i have to say once you get over the fact that that's what they're doing and you know it the practical side of you then then it just becomes the soundtrack of the game and and they did a very good job of it um uh, There were only a few moments when there'd be a a play that was like second and ten, and someone would run it up the middle and maybe get a half a yard. And the crowd goes, Yeah. It wasn't that great, guys. (laughs) But for for the most part, they recreated it pretty well. So it, it, it was a slight adjustment, but still exciting to watch.
0: I mean, the Super Bowl was sort of disturbing to watch because I didn't realize initially. I'd bitched about this on Facebook. And I didn't realize initially that about two thirds of the audience members <laughs> were cardboard <for> cutouts. <laughs> and it occurred to me because I wasn't—I'm not—I'm not a huge Super Bowl fan. I usually, oftentimes, I'll check the halftime show and I will have yeah. all the crazy commercials. After a while, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's just, and I'm like, I'm thinking this is this is going to be like this is going to be super spreader central here. Yeah. <laughs> you've got all these people. Like, no, no, it's not. Was that weird well, they, to watch was that weird to watch for you too.
1: Yeah I mean obviously as soon as they got like did the, the shot out of the stands like hey whoa whoa <laughs> um yeah a, it was an adjustment but, but it, the funny I thought that you could actually I think it was a hundred bucks or depending on where where you were going to be sitting but you could have a cardboard cut out of yourself uh and if it was at a really advantageous spot and they would make sure I think for the hundred bucks it would be placed in the place where they would be showing that area of the stands <laughs> so you could be at the game. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Man, yeah. there's just always, there's always a racket. There's just always some way to make money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But then again, you know, then you see that and you'd be sitting next to it Scooby-Doo or, or you know, so it, could be, it could be anything. So.
0: Well, that would be interesting, Michael. Like, yeah. I mean, people would remember that. It's like, yeah. uh, so it looks like, so. have you been into football your whole life?
1: Uh, no, no. I, I mean, you know, born on the other side of the and growing up in Canada, not really, not until...
0: It's a hockey country.
1: A little bit, a little bit, but I was never really a, a you
0: know Canadian. The way it is up there, but a lot of people really not, love yeah, hockey. Yeah.
1: Um I got into it, I guess, uh, uh Marina was still playing. Uh I say Marina because I, I latched onto the Dolphins for whatever reason, whatever whatever I was doing at yeah. the time or, uh and it was just a random, you know, I like that team. So and stayed with it. Still am today. And I've gone through the ups and downs and uh, yeah. uh but it shortly, yeah, it was around that time. So just shortly. I think he retired one year later or something like that. But and then followed faithfully, you know, biting my fingernails and getting close and then having horrible seasons where we
0: came close to doing oh and sixteen and that was like <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, Miami I actually think it was one of the good teams back in the eighties. I think they were actually
1: Oh, we, the merino years were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And they still uh, the um it's still the only team the, uh, that has the perfect season. So every time someone comes close, that's when Miami fans and, and the players that were on the team right, are going, no, no, no. You know, like the Patriots did it a couple of times, got really close and this and that. like that. No. And the Chiefs got really close and we're going, no, 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 no.
0: So. John Leguizamo had a couple of one-man shows on Broadway. And one of them he was talking about trying to get back to- together with his ex-girlfriend. And he's going to like her he's on the fire escape and he's trying to make this pitch about saving the relationship. He's like, look, I understand heartbreak. I've been a lifelong Mets fan. Please can we try again?
2: (laughs) I understand the frustration. I understand
0: the pain. It's weird as a kid. I liked sports. And I I kind of, maybe it's because of some of the sports culture stuff that came out later on that didn't, I didn't like so much. It's weird because I don't watch sports. And my girlfriend's like, every time we go to a bar and there's a game on, so you start watching the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, do it yeah. at home. But yeah, like when yeah. you're out, you get distracted and you're watching, you're watching a baseball, you're watching football, you're watching basketball. It's a magnet. It's a magnet. I mean, I played baseball as a kid. I played a little soccer. I was just a scrawny kid. There's no way I was doing football. One of my best friends, Nicole, is a huge Saints fan. So we went to a game in New Jersey where she's rooting for the Saints. I mean, like, it's a good thing that you're cute and female because I think the guys behind us would probably kill me <laughs> if I was rooting for the Saints at this Jets game right now.
1: <laughs>
0: before the pandemic before we all can decide how often did you go to real games like
1: i've been to one game this is a strange thing uh i've been to one game in my life interesting and it wasn't even in, in north america it was the first year that they tried uh doing a game at wembley really yeah and i was living in london at the time and i don't know how i got tickets but i ended up at the game it was it was the rams uh-huh i can't remember who they were playing so the only NFL game I've seen has been at
0: Wembley Stadium. <laughs> so now, is your son into sports?
1: Um, a little bit. He, he um, lately likes, um, likes basketball for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. He'll tolerate uh, football when I'm watching it on, the, on Sundays. He'll watch a little bit with me and appreciates it. a good play for about five minutes. Uh, but if any sports basketball, but he's really um, he's just got the um, he's a very, very clever young man. Uh, to a fault so. and yeah, you're
0: rolling your eyes like oh boy i'm in trouble yeah i know
1: he's a well, i just remember me as a teenager so you know uh I, I see what's coming now he's 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 well into video gaming of course and that and he's in just he the live streaming because he's he's got a he's got a personality and he's just you know but we recently got the oculus quest 2 and the virtual gaming oh and he's gone he's he's great and he's really yeah,
0: yeah. what about you did he has he made you do it I tried it. He said, uh, Dad,
1: you got to check this out. It's quite amazing. And then when he said that they do have a golf one, I thought, okay, I'm
0: in. <laughs> virtual golf, because, of course, that's that's what. Yeah. I, Imagine I, I, Alice Cooper's I, doing that, too. I, yeah,
1: I've got, I've got a fairly fairly, um, fairly high-level uh, video golf that I play, and it's quite authentic in that. And it's fun. But it's not the same. You know, you're know, you not swinging. But with the virtual, you can actually swing the thing, and you can feel it shudder when you hit the ball. No, it's like, I'm there. I mean, we've got to wow. get the, we got to get the golf.
0: So, so has there been a lot of virtual sports in your life also during this this pandemic?
1: No, no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, we just li- literally got the, the virtual headset for him. So I haven't really had a chance to <laughs> pry it out of his hands yet to uh, see what's possible to uh, <laughs> uh, upload. But I'll probably get around to it, I'm sure. Uh, if, if, if it's going to be anything, it would be the, uh, the golf, I think.
0: Yeah. So why do you think football is like this? I, I, I'm trying to figure it out, I mean, baseball, I mean, baseball is the quote unquote national pastime, right. although some might feel like football has sort of superseded that in a way, like football is, is the basketball biggest, basketball. it's the biggest event of the year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more people watch it internationally, that, then that's, that's what it is. It's, it's more global for sure mm-hmm. than, than baseball is. Uh, although, you know, baseball, like you say, it's the, it's the American game, but I don't know. Maybe it's 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 the money. Maybe it's the glamour attached. There's more glamour attached to being an NFL player than there is being a baseball player. I think in the in this in this, the way it's perceived. I think
0: more manly and rough. Yeah, yeah, they're like gladi- <laughs> they're like modern day gladiators. You know, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. How did how did the British respond to this attempt to at bring the NFL over there to football over to the England?
1: Well, they enjoyed it when it came over, but I, the whole idea of having their own thing, like the whole league and stuff. I mean, they could have easily probably joined. Uh, there was a couple of times the European leagues popped up. Now, I know Germany, uh, Frankfurt had a really pretty happening team. I mean, half the players were Americans that had come over to play over there. Because um, they either uh. couldn't get signed with the NFL or whatever. But, um, yeah, the English liked it for a bit. I guess it's not really just their cup of tea, as you would say. But.
0: Well, it's funny because I think they think rugby is actually probably rougher because there's no it protection. Is, but
1: if you think about it, it's the same kind of game, but there's zero padding. Percent, exactly. over their ears, and I think that's just so the other guy doesn't bite your ear off because they are they not wearing anything else, man.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're crazy, but but I think that's what that's what's funny about it, and and yeah. I mean it's sort of funny the idea of masculinity going from culture to culture, and you've seen this going around the world. I mean, the Scottish, yeah. you know, there's still the kilt thing. Yeah. You can yeah. never get away with that in America unless <laughs> they figure you're a Scotsman, and then yeah. they won't say anything. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Do you do any like fantasy leagues? Are you one of those kind of? No, 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 no. I don't
1: get into them. No, I, I'm not a. No. I was going to say I'm not a betting man, but no, I don't bet on sports.
0: <laughs> Do we know? Should we know what you actually bet on?
1: My name is, my middle name is not Aldo, so no, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. But I've been to Vegas a few times. Let's just leave it at that.
0: Oh, there, there we go. You know, it's kind of funny. Actually, I was in Vegas for 10 minutes, all of 10 minutes, when I drove across country, moving it back from LA to Boston. And But I guess I never really got into it. I did spend a night at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City a couple years ago on a junket, and I was like, wow, people can just spend money like oh. that. A couple of times i went on to Monte Carlo. So I actually did go into the Monte Carlo casino the second time. And it's just like these big bars. And you just saw some guy literally lose like $5,000 in a matter of five seconds. And like, yeah. well, I'm clearly in the wrong business. <laughs> this 100%. guy. You know, just, oh. I mean, he inherited that money. It's kind of nuts. You're talking about sports, you're talking about binge watching. But I guess for you too, being, I'm assuming, has this been better family-wise for you? Even though you're everyone's locked in? I mean, has it been better for you? Yeah, family? yeah.
1: 100%. Well, here's the thing: you have to um, you have to like your family, or you're in trouble. <laughs> there, there's two sides of it. I mean, there there are some people that that have had trouble with it only because I think if you're not, you know, if you don't, well, I, I mean, literally, if you don't like your family, you're stuck with that, and that's the people that you're going to be stuck with for quite some time, and yeah. you really find out you know, whether, it, whether you actually do or not. Yeah, unfortunately, in some cases, it isn't the case that they do. And they find that out the hard way by being, you know, because in a normal scenario, like the good old days where, you know, dad goes off to work at such and such time and the mom is like, you know, glorified. He was a homemaker, but you know what I mean? It's, it's the old
0: day, you know, the 50s and 60s. He's
1: yeah. at home <laughs> with, the kids, with the kids and if they're that age. And then he goes up and then you see dad just a little bit in the evenings and that. And then on the weekend, you do stuff together. And then, but now it's, home and it's you know seeing everybody all day so fortunately i'm in a situation where we kind of dig each other
0: yeah (laughs) well you know it's interesting because i'm lucky i see my girlfriend on the weekends i don't know i don't know how you feel when you're making music i work better alone like just oh yes, away from people oh yes yes the isolation gets weird though i feel bad i mean i have friends that are single that are just they're by themselves
1: oh oh yeah and, you, yeah
0: and you try to be a lifeline for certain people if you can to stay in touch with them and do certain things i mean how, how are certain friends of yours doing and how are the guys in the band doing through all of this
1: uh we, everyone's doing pretty 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 well um you know dealing with it everybody's got family at home so um again you know it's getting over the hump and just going wait you know fortunately we had the record to work on which was really cool that gave us our you know, little private time it, during our private time yeah um so yeah it's it's been cool it, we, we we've come out fairly unscathed through this whole thing so uh, you know and we have you know an album that we're really really proud of so it, it, it you know and it and yeah hopefully it's there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel the, the numbers are starting to change uh which the numbers you ever want to believe and i don't go into those kind of conversations but the general trend and feeling is that yes it is indeed starting to go in the favor of you know back to sanity and, and normalness. It will never be the normal that we had before.
0: I, I, I completely agree. I that that's like a whole other saga way, concept too, record. Yeah, too, too, much, <laughs> too much is altered, just,
1: just mindset-wise and everything. And, and people, without realizing it, have probably been exposed to things that they wouldn't have been exposed to, either uh, influence-wise or, or mentally in that. So even if everything went back to a sort of norm in terms of not wearing masks again or whatever, there's still going to be this, this heightened awareness of, Something shifted, you know, and so in, in a sense, some ways it's good because I mean, even before the pandemic hit and, and the lockdowns and the masks and being careful in it, we already were uh, because of Saren had some compromised health issues when he was much, much younger. Um, we had to be yeah. careful with him. So we always wore masks anyways, and I always wear a mask uh, flying.
0: So it wasn't that much of an adjustment. You know? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So how, 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 how did people respond to you in those situations where you were the, like the one mask for one Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: leaking out that something was going on with some kind of virus from china and it could be spreading in this and that it, so this is the beginning of february end of january beginning of february so it was just starting to you know and it was like there's no way i'm going over there unprotected i had uh, i had boxes of masks in my suitcase uh as well as uh gloves and things like that uh and and tons of antiseptic wipes and things and i got over there wearing the mask and but not just enough you know, for flying i mean pretty much everywhere I went except in my yeah. hotel room once I cleaned it down no one said anything per se but I got this feeling like you know and I mentioned that you know the the uh it wasn't pandemic at that time but the virus that was coming out of you know out of China it was spreading and and it was more like uh that's a bit of an overreaction but you say? so at first it was you know yeah oh, I've heard it's bad you know well you know no, now's the time to start doing this because it will only get worse if it is bad if we don't go now. <laughs> so at, at first, no resistance per se, but just like yeah, okay, well, yeah, I know it's bad, but is it overkill? So
0: no one said anything. But we were talking about sports before. I'm amazed that they did professional sports last year because there were a couple of teams and on the NFL like a compromise. Because I know, of- because I know. That. More
1: than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So I, don't know. I mean, the NBA they were doing, uh, or, or was it the NBA or? or- literally uh, what they call it was playing in a bubble where the whole team would go to the city and that, that hotel was their hotel. And they never went anywhere except out of that hotel into the bus, into the stadium bus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, but the NFL managed to pull it off. I was shocked,
0: but. Uh, It'd been interesting to see how this has all played out. I, yes. I'm glad that you were an early adopter. I mean, last year I was interviewing Tommy Lee and he was pointing out the fact that when they would go to Asia years and years ago, if people were sick, they'd wear a mask. If your taxi driver was sick, you'd have a mask on. And, they view that as a respectful thing. We view it as a weakness thing.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. very
0: strange. It's Exactly, like, exactly. What's the band like on the road? Are there things that you do together as bonding exercises when you're it, not it, playing?
1: It, it, we, you know, we've been together so long um, that, that private times is private time. You know, we, it's not like if we have a day off in the city, hey, let's have vote and tour the city. And that's probably a city we've been to about, you know, 47,000 times um so we we kind of make our own way if we see each other in the lobby and we're not doing anything say, hey you feel like going into town yeah we're going to town together two of us or three of us but generally we keep to ourselves when it's time to have that, that quiet time because we see each other on the bus, the dressing room, the gig, blah, blah, blah.
0: Oh, you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, uh, I'll try and act excited when I see you on stage tonight. <laughs> well it's good you have a sense of humor about that actually. there's some bands that get older that doesn't it doesn't work that well. I mean they can it, it, it,
1: you know it's just you again it's like I guess going over the hump thing now it's just we're in a very really comfortable place. We're playing really well on stage. We're really enjoying ourselves. So when we're out there and, and there's protocols that we have, uh, set up for, you know, for a long time now, the, the way you pick your bunk on the bus, where you sit on the bus, people just, that's what we do now. And it's just a, a give in. And it's just a, it, it's more than, it's, it's not, when I see you use the word routine, it, it, it make, tends to make it sound like it's a boring thing, but no, I mean, cause every, every day is a little bit different, but the routine of, okay, this is what we do, bump a bone. There are protocols yeah. that are now set in place. There's very little guesswork in terms of, of you know, day to
0: day. So now you're thinking, I'm going to look up here because I remember, I mean, I, I mean, it's been a while since I listened to Clear, your solo album, which I actually really liked. That was what, 2000, 2001? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I'm just now uh,
1: starting to work on the second one. <laughs> there has to be a felt I've always said to myself uh, since I uh, Clear was conceived, well, finished actually, because the funny thing about Clear wasn't really what it was in terms of, the song clear, especially, uh, until it was all done. And I went back and looked at all the lyrics that I'd written while I was still under the influence. The song clear was written after I had uh, come out of rehab and finished the album.
0: But they were and a lot of the albums written the for, when you're in rehab? Or?
1: Yeah, and I wrote the lyrics sober. So, um, okay. But then I, I, I went back and I was transcribing the lyrics for the other songs that I had written while I was still drinking. I was like, whoa, some of this is pretty revealing, at least to me, because I knew what was going on after the fact but i was i always thought to myself i want to do a trilogy as it were like that clear being the first one the second one i was working title being still like still clear but what it's like now since that and then the follow-up would be you know what has happened you know after embracing that and how things turned out so um oh. yeah yeah it was a, it was a while ago
0: so how many years of sobriety now Anything close to 20
1: it's going to be i'm coming up on nineteen. 19-
0: that's awesome. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's important. I mean, I remember interviewing, I've interviewed Rob Halford. I mean, he's been stopped drinking like 35 years ago now. It's yeah. a long time. We, and, you know, he's acknowledged the fact that if he'd kept going down that path, it would not. Have oh,
1: been oh, oh, I would have been, in fact, the, the, the night I had the crash, there was a very good chance I, I could have, I could have actually died that night um so that kind of opened my eyes to whoa you know i can either drink or die i think i'll
0: you know choose oh, to. that's that's what did it then it was, an, it, was it was pretty yeah, I had some massive seizures and and uh oh, tr- why, oh wow so it wasn't a drunk yeah. driving thing it was like you just had it you just had a well,
1: yeah i pretty much woke up in in rehab actually detox first and then rehab in terms of coming really coming to but yeah, uh, yeah. and the the, the 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 cool thing about it is um i've never never looked back i've never from day one from uh, you know they say well you know you'll get out it'll be really rough for about six months or something cool will happen and then your life will be better and and it was really rough for six months but i never in that first six months it was rough just being human again as it were and, and getting used yeah. to you know i had to learn how to you know almost write my name you know i'd make my you know my head do that but i never thought about a drink i never went Really? Oh, you know, I just got to get through this day. Maybe not once, not even once. and never even considered it and hadn't to, to this day. So I, I, there are people, and I saw people in rehab. This is in LA. Yeah, uh, And there were people, so half the people in there, but they were court ordered. And you could tell that they were going to, you know, the minute they left, either it was alcohol or heroin or whatever they were in for, the minute they leave, they're going to start again because they're just there because they're supposed to. They're just there for a break. Uh, uh, in the action, as it were. And then there were the others like myself that were there because we can't do this anymore. You know, and we, we need help not doing this anymore. But uh, I think if you're doing it for the right reason and you can embrace that and then get the most out of it, then you don't look back. If you, and, and especially when you realize your alternative is death, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> don't, you know, there's not
0: really a choice at that, that matter. It seems like there's some people that are, I think, prone to it for other reasons.
1: Yes, yeah. there, there, there are genetics involved to a degree. My father was alcoholic. Okay. So I can't discount the fact that there's got to be some gene-related, you know, uh, device that, that 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 makes you, you know, makes you more susceptible to wanting to enjoy, it, as it were. But you have to like yourself. It sounds really stupid, you know. You it sounds so corny when you get in because you, you know, three or four days in detox and you're straight into the facility, and you have your meetings every day and this and very regimented. And one of the first things I say, you know, it starts with you, you know. And you, you don't want to hear this stuff at first because you're just, you know, it's a, it's like a, the worst hangover you've ever had, but you're not hungover, but you're just, you're not in the state that you're used to being in. And it's a comfy state, you know.
0: Well, yeah. yeah.
1: But, but you, you know, the same thing. Well, you got to love yourself. You got to learn to love yourself. It. And it sounds so corny. It's like, I can't love myself. But you're literally, you literally know, either look physically into a mirror or just look at it you and know, just think about it and think about you. For a change, and actually think about you and, and see if you like yourself or not. And if you don't, then do something about it. And, you know, change something so that you do like you. Because as soon as you start liking yourself, you won't need that other stuff and you, and all those other pretenses stuff and stuff and disguises and all that. They all go away and and things get much sorry clearer. But it's true. Uh, but you it also it starts with you. It does. You know, you got to love yourself. So.
0: Well, so, I think there's, there's a line between loving yourself and then the narcissism that we see. These. days. It's a very fine line. so here's a question i often ask people and i don't think i've ever asked this of you is what would be the most valuable life lesson that you could impart on somebody particularly somebody younger after all the experiences you've had it's a crazy ride
1: don't lie don't lie period Mm -hmm. there's there's things that you're going to do in life and and you're going to there's ups and downs and disappointments and joys and this and that don't lie is, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for deceit. There's no reason to. If you've got something to hide, you. If you're lying to someone, it goes back to not feeling good about yourself because you feel like you can't. You can't admit to someone either a mistake or you screwed up or this or that or you're covering it. If you're covering something up, you got problems with yourself because you created something yourself that requires you to do that. So just just don't.
0: You know, Lemmy from Motorhead said the same thing. He said basically it's like. The problem is you have to come up with one lie, then you have to come up with a second lie to cover up the first and then a third lie to cover up the second. his attitude, to it was like, "Why bother?" and he's right
1: it's true I'll tell you what man um and and it goes part and parcel with drinking, like drinking heavily and hide tra- you think you're being so clever and 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 hiding bottles and this like that but you're but quick story um, uh, when yeah. my dad near the end of my my dad's uh, life because it, it actually ended up being more than responsible for his, his passing unfortunately um mm. but when they went to his office after the fact there were bottles lined up along the floor along the wall wow like in plain sight hidden in plain sight in other words you want someone to see it you want someone to find it but you're hiding it as far as you're concerned but you you it's your way of saying somebody stopped me um, mm. And the lying, because you have to. Um, but it's, it's true, especially if you're doing it with a, and you don't even have to be inebriated. You're just full of alcohol. There's a difference. If you're, if you're an alcoholic, yeah. you can function. And you may smell like you've had a drink, but you're not walking around like this. Oh, yeah. but you've got this much alcohol all the way up to here. It's such incredible high maintenance. Because you're thinking, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, okay, well, that, you've got this web now. If you tell that lie to that person, that you got to back it up with a lie to that one, in case that one talks to them. I mean, they cross their stories and try-
0: it's 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 a lot of effort. It's not worth. it. You know what I've enjoyed about this chat is it started off in one direction and went in another direction. But this is, but this is what I love because I I couldn't probably in doing a regular interview put all the stuff in that we just talked about because it's right. like you know and we've never actually talked about your sobriety and all this stuff. It's great. Right, I mean,
1: I've, I've said for years and I've done countless interviews, obviously, in my life. But, but it the, gets
0: abbreviated, I'll bet, by a lot of people because they have x amount of words, maybe.
1: Yeah, but the best ones are, are are conversations, and 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 I think that as a as a journalist from your side of it. I think the, the journalist tends to get more information than they had. Maybe it might be slightly different information. Than, as long as they get the core stuff, but, but they end up, if it's just a conversation, stuff comes up like we were just doing. Uh, yeah. that, that, they, that they wouldn't put on a listen page. That's question number 17. Uh, how do you feel? You know, and you get more from the person if they feel like they're just chatting with you. It
0: was great to catch up with you again.
1: You too, man. It's good to see you. You look well. Likewise. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. My pleasure, Brian. It's good to see you, man. And uh, you yeah. know where to find me. Chat soon. Stay out of trouble. We got it. Okay, catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That wraps up the latest Side Jams. Please join me for the next episode, which will feature Grammy Award-winning violinist, singer, and composer, Lily Hayden. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and The Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening.